It's a grey, early September morning with a slightly autumnal chill in the air. Here at Paddington Station, people are gathering. Many going away for the weekend, some, after a week's work, going home. And people arriving with their baggage to be directed down to the far, far end of Platform 1 where they can leave their baggage to be taken by road to their hotels because many of these people are passengers on the Welsh Dragon. The Steam Dreams holiday trip from Paddington up to North Wales and then back in five days' time. Welcome to UK Rail Journeys, Series 1. In this series, I travel to North West Wales with the Steam Dreams Rail Company on their Welsh Dragon Tour. In Episode 1, we start our journey from London's Paddington Station. Before I go to join the train, I've got a bit of time to look around the station. Paddington has been awarded five stars in the book Britain's 100 Best Railway Stations, and the author, Simon Jenkins, tells us that there is magic in the air at Paddington, and that the Great Shed is a cathedral of iron. And don't forget also that a very famous bear is named after this station. We leave from London's Paddington Station, one of the 11 London stations managed by Network Rail. Paddington has been the London terminus for trains operated by the Great Western Railway and its successors since 1838. Much of the Brunel Design Station dates from 1854. In 1836, there was a plan for the London and Birmingham Railway to share Euston with the Great Western. The reason for this was that the lines of the two railways ran adjacent to each other in Kensal Green on their approach into London. Discussions took place between Brunel and George Stevenson to see if an agreement could be reached. Brunel ideally would have liked to have bought land, or at least agree a minimum 21-year lease. Stevenson, however, knowing that the London and Birmingham would need to expand at Euston, was only willing to offer a lease with a five years notice of termination. This disagreement enabled Brunel to plan a spectacular terminus for his railway. Paddington is one of the original three stations in a ring around the Regent's Canal, the others being Euston and King's Cross. They were later joined by St Pancras and much, much later Marylebone. Paddington soon became the world's first modern transport interchange. It had the railway, the canal and London's first horse-drawn bus service which operated on the new road. The new road later renamed the Marylebone and Euston Road. In 1863 these services were joined by the Metropolitan Railway running the first underground. Today, Paddington hosts trains operated by the Great Western Railway, providing commuter and regional passenger services to West London, the Thames Valley region, as well as long-distance intercity services to South West England and South Wales. 
Trains operated by the Heathrow Express and TfL Rail also use the station. As I mentioned earlier, the Metropolitan Railway arrived in 1863. This was the first underground railway in the world and it used the Bishop's Road Station to the north of the main Paddington Concourse. This station is still used by the Hammersmith and City and Circle Line trains going to Hammersmith. There is another underground station used by the Bakerloo Line, the Circle going towards Victoria and the District Lines. The buildings here at Paddington are Grade 1 listed. There were major upgrades to the station in the 1870s, the 1910s and the 1960s. Each upgrade trying to add additional platforms and space whilst preserving the existing services and the architecture. The main passenger entrance to the station is down the sloping cab road from Prade Street, passing by the side of the magnificent old Great Western Royal Hotel, now operated by Hilton. It was built in the Second Empire style. The hotel was opened by Prince Albert and cost around £60,000 to build, including furniture and decoration. The first managing director, one Isambard Kingdom Brunel. The Great Western Railway offices facing the Cab Road and London Street were built in 1933 around a steel frame and clad in artificial Victoria patent stone. The top floor carries in giant Gil Sands bronze lettering the legend GWR Paddington GWR. The entrance at the end of the cab road was added between 1914 and 16 and carries the arms of the Great Western Railway on its crown. The offices along the side of the Grand Platform 1 contained royal first and second class waiting rooms. There were rooms for the Great Western Railway board as well as the booking office and refreshment rooms. This wall also contains the three-phase station clock and the triple Oriel Station Master's balcony. Recently, much work has taken place to build the interchange with the delayed Elizabeth line. The majority of services from Paddington these days are operated by electric trains. Until the recent electrification, the fast train services into the station utilised the old high-speed trains capable of speeds of up to 125 miles an hour. And occasionally the station hosts a steam locomotive, such as Mayflower being used this morning on our charter, the Welsh Dragon. We will be leaving Paddington on the Great Western Main Line and pass through the London suburbs as we travel on our journey westward. Slowly approaching the platform now, hauled by a diesel locomotive, a class 47, all the way from the depot in Southall, just west of London, is the Steam Dreams train.
30 minutes before it was scheduled to be here. And the locomotive is pulling to a halt. Giving our passengers a good opportunity to get comfortable on the train before we set off. The locomotive itself is named VE Day's 75th anniversary. The British Rail Class 47, or Brush Type 4 diesel electric locomotive, was developed in the 1960s by Brush Traction. A total of 512 were built between 1962 and 1968 at Brush's Falcon Works in Loughborough and at the British Rail Crew Works. They were the most numerous class of British mainline diesel locomotive. Their Sulza twin-bank 12-cylinder engines produced 2,750 brake horsepower, equivalent to 2,050 kilowatts. But this was later derated to 2,580 brake horsepower, equivalent to 1,920 kilowatts, in order to improve their reliability. These locomotives have been used on both passenger and freight trains on Britain's railways for 60 years. In January 2020, 78 locomotives still existed as Class 47s, some others having been converted to other classes. And whilst some have been preserved, 34 retain operational status on the mainline railway. In the early 1960s, the British Transport Commission wished to remove steam locomotives from Britain's railways by 1968. They concentrated on diesel-electric designs. They invited tenders to build 100 locomotives to the new specification. They invited bids for 20 locomotives using the Brush electrical equipment. Brush won the contract. Based on the success of the initial 20 locomotives, a further order for 270 was placed, revised upwards a number of times to the final total of 512. Of these, 310 were constructed by Brush and the remaining 202 by British Railways at their crew works. Later, 33 of the locomotives were rebuilt with EMD engines and reclassified as Class 57s and they were initially supplied to Freightliner, Virgin Trains and First Great Western. Today, these are owned by Direct Rail Services the Great Western Railway, the Rail Operations Group and West Coast Railways. The rolling stock for our train is provided along with the drivers and train guards by West Coast Railways. It's made up of Mark 1 and Mark 2 carriages. Mark 1 carriages for passenger use were built between 1953 and 1963. The Mark 2 carriages were built between 1964 and 1975. Steam Dreams offers three classes of travel on this train. There's Pullman style with extremely comfortable British Railways armchairs as seen in Pullman and first class dining cars from the 1960s. There's Premier Dining, seated in first class Mark II carriages 
and also premium standard, which uses Mark II standard class. In addition to the various types of carriages on this train, we have a full coach kitchen car. So all the meals are prepared fresh on the train. Kitchen cars used to be a feature of trains many years ago, but sadly these days they've gone. So there's no boil in the bag, there's no microwave. It's cooked on a proper range. Passengers waiting for the steam train, landing sensation Fortunately, because the train arrived in the platform nice and early this morning, passengers have an opportunity to walk down to the western end of the platform to see our steam locomotive, Mayflower. It's a beautiful sight to see a steam locomotive here at Paddington Station this morning. Many of the passengers are now on the train and as I walk down the platform I can see a big conference going on. The chef and the catering manager discussing the feeding of all the passengers on the train. It's 8.59, our scheduled departure time. All the passengers are aboard and in their seats. We hear the engines whistle. And slowly, with a hiss of steam, we start to pull out of Paddington Station. start of our journey to North Wales and then in a few days time our return. This podcast has been produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and the teams from Steam Dreams and West Coast Railways for making this podcast possible. Join me in a couple of weeks for the next episode. And thank you very much for listening.